Thank you for listening to Remake Rewind, the podcast where we decided remakes or reboots should have happened. I'm Mike, as always, with me. I've got my bud, Alex. How are you doing, Alex? Hey, I'm doing okay. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. That's it. Yeah, just no, that's okay. fair. It's fair. <laughs> it's been seven months of pandemic. There's only so much that to, to say is going on. It's fine. I'm still partying over here, man. Woo! Digging, digging this pandemic. Woo! I can't, I can't talk. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you tell our, our listeners what what our podcast is about what what we're going to be talking about today uh well this is a podcast where we watch movies that have been remade and uh the originals and then we compare them and decide whether or not they should have been remade uh, but mostly <laughs> yep. we just have a good time yeah we, we have a lot and of tangents we have a lot of tangents our last episode was 90 percent tangents yeah because uh friday the, the 13th sucked <laughs> I was thinking about Fast and Furious. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth had a Friday lot. Friday the, the Fast and the Furious bonus episode. We were we were on track the whole time. We just talked a lot about the movie and the characters and the bi curiousness. I kind of want to watch Hobbs and Shaw now. Now that yeah. I'm thinking about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of complete it. I feel you, dog. Yeah, like it's not going to be worse than Friday the Thirteenth. So no, definitely not. But what do, what are we going to be talking about on this particular episode? Uh, today we watched both versions of House of Wax from 1953 with Vincent Price and the 2005 one with Paris Hilton. Yep, because those are and Jared Padalecki, which two movies back to back with Jared Padalecki. We love Jared Padalecki, and Jared Padalecki loves bad horror movies. Yep, and yep, that's the end of his wheelhouse. Uh, have, <laughs> have you seen either of these before? Um, I saw the original when it came out. I have not seen it since, and I've never seen. You saw the original when it came out. (laughs) When it came out, I saw the remake when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. I've not seen the original before. Uh, I had only seen. um, I had only seen parts of the 2005 because it came out when I worked at the movie theater, but I had no desire to watch it. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I I'm not. I mean, I said it during the Friday the 13th episode. I'm not super into like slasher films. And then when my parents rented it, I think I was working. Like they were like, "Oh, we'll watch, we'll wait till you get home." I'm like, "Nah, it's fine. Just watch it." But I think I came home right at the part where Paris Hilton dies because I remember seeing that, but uh, yeah. I, I had not seen either of these, and uh, I was kind of excited to see that the original was a Vincent Price film because yeah, he's weird, but his movies are always fun. And also, 1953, like this is an old fucking movie. Yeah, um, I have to I have to check my notes, but Psycho was uh, 66. Seven, right or 70 no 60 no psycho was earlier than the 70s yeah yeah but it's it, it's not it was after 53 i think it was 68 psycho was 1960 oh 60 wow okay. i did not think so, it was that late okay yeah so this movie has seven years on psycho which i think is pretty cool because it yeah has a lot of it's got more it's more of a horror more of like a modern horror than you'd expect pre-Psycho. Yeah, um, sure. And it had some elements of a slasher, too. And actually, we could talk about this a little bit later on. Um, the old one had more elements of a slasher than... Had different elements of a slasher than the new one. But the new one feels a lot more like a modern slasher. But it didn't need to be. No. No, I agree with that entirely. I was... It was funny the whole time I was watching the original, and I'll I'll let you do the elevator pitch for it in a second. But we covered um, the Last Man on Earth not too long ago, uh, just you know a month or two ago, and that also had Vincent Price. And 
I didn't know this had Vincent Price in it until I, you know, rented it and hit play and I saw his name. I was like, oh shit, this is either going to be amazing or this is going to be absolutely terrible. And he pops up and like, this is a movie where he's killing things again, but he had much stiffer wrists this time than uh, when he was killing the vampires in uh, <laughs> Last Man on Earth. Yeah, that's right. It's all rubber wristed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, why don't you tell us what this movie's about? So the original is about two business partners, uh, Vincent Price and whoever this other chap is. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Price is a, uh, is a sculptor who works with wax and makes, uh, you know, wax figurines like um, Madame Tussauds or something. And um, he's very into his craft. This is an elevator pitch. I'm taking way too long. <laughs> You're almost done. You're, you're- just speed it up yeah, now. That's it. Like, I'm the executive. I'm getting a little annoyed, but I'm kind of interested. But you've got a couple more floors. Go. <laughs> uh, his business partner isn't interested in the business or in the uh, artistic part of it at all. Just interested in the business and decides to uh, divest his portion of um, of their business together. But instead of you know drawing something up or waiting to sell the uh, business or whatever, he decides to just burn it down, uh, leaving Vincent Price for dead and. Um, I hate. I'm, I feel like I'm doing a terrible job. I lost my train of thought. You want? You want me to just, just finish it? No, I think I'll just start it again, and you can cut all this out. No. Hey, <laughs> I tell you to leave stuff in all the time, and I know you cut it out. I cut, I leave most of the stuff you say to leave in, but okay. Um. Well, now now I feel like it's funny. Now you probably should leave all this in. No, don't. I hate just, it. Just 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 finish it, bud. <laughs> um, Vincent Price and his uh, business partner own a wax museum and um, his partner decides to, instead of waiting to uh, sell his part of the company to just burn it down with Vincent Price inside Vincent Price uh, what no it's just going oh that's terrible yeah it, you know it's a very sad thing um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible thing it's very sad oh god uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying like stalling and making you squirm a little bit now it's fine uh so vincent price uh survives and decides to um kill his business partner and his girlfriend and start using real human bodies as the templates for his uh his wax uh figurines for his rebooted house of wax and uh the lady friend of one of the girls that he kills gets wind of his treachery and seeks the help of the pigs to expose him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty right. Pretty much it. I w- was impressed with this movie. Like, so we, we, we watched the recolorized version. So this was apparently filmed in black and white and in color. And it was also the first major studio release in 3d. Uh, so they released it in 3d in the fifties and then they re-released it in color in the seventies. That makes the carnival barker thing make a little bit more sense. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, there's yeah, a, the carnival there's part, barker's pretty cool. There's a part in the middle of the movie where he reopens his, uh, or he opens his new revamped House of Wax, and there's um, a guy outside, like on you know Broadway in New York or whatever, um, trying to attract people off the street to come in and check out the House of Wax, and he's got uh, multiple, um, what do you call them, like ping pong, like paddle balls, like the paddles with like the it's attached little rubber ball attached to a string, yeah, paddle paddle ball, I guess. And he's yeah, and he's like doing street tricks, like getting people's attention, like batting it around, like doing. They a were really cradle. impressive tricks. I was really impressed. Yeah, getting it all close to like people's faces and stuff. Um, and there's a couple. There's 
a couple moments where he does it towards the camera. There's one moment where he looks at the camera and he's talking to the audience and he's like, there's a guy with a thing of popcorn. Let me see how close I can get. Poom, poom, poom. And he does yep. it like into the camera. And at that moment I was like, uh, this, this part doesn't age well. Yeah. It was, I mean, they clearly but I guess did it's like something very, for the, th- for the 3d. Kinda, and, I mean, it's kind of we charming and of its time, I guess. Like we were doing that stuff. So when you look at like 2009 to 20. 13 was really kind of like the heyday of the 3d for our like our generation and like avatar looked great but then like every other movie that was in 3d had to do something like that like even um i think the most egregious was i saw journey to the center of the earth with that brendan fraser movie and uh, oh, there's a part it. where like the kid with is the doing... same the logos in the same font as fast and furious by the way oh shit but yeah. they like they're doing a like a yo-yo and they throw the yo-yo out of the screen several times for the movie. So it's like it's still a 3D trope to just do something stupid like that. But I thought that was actually a pretty funny scene when they did that kind of break in the fourth wall. Literally. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it, was, it, <laughs> it definitely shifted the tone of the movie for a little bit. And like he got a it took lot me out of, of the screen movie. time. It was like three minutes of him carnival barking. And yeah. then we go well, into that's, the. That's another the, thing this movie does. This movie like stays on a lot of scenes. Like it's not. Um, it's it's a short movie. It's only an hour and a half, and it's not efficient with its. Uh, that's not even the right word. It's redundant. I think that's fair. Like the first, uh, I wrote it down. I think the first like ten or twelve minutes of the movie is basically them is Vincent Price and his business partner repeating. Well, you know, I really like making. Uh, wax figures and I'm very I'm very much an artist and I don't want to sell the business well you know I'm a businessman and I want to make profit and we're yeah. not making profit so I think we should and then it just goes on and on like that for well, 10 minutes. it goes like to your point it does that like they each have their little I'm gonna say my piece three times and yeah. then and they literally we, like say it too it's like very um on the nose yeah and so then what ends up happening is Vincent Price is like hey bud I understand that you want out I actually have a friend who has like an art critic slash art connoisseur slash art funder. I don't not not a patron, a patron patron of the arts who's actually very interested in possibly buying your stake. Like I'm going to meet this guy. And then he has the same exact conversation that he Mm -hmm. had with his business partner with that guy. So he gives him the whole tour and talks about like I hand pluck every single hair onto these people like talking about like the process and he's like but my business partner doesn't like at that point he's like doing both parts of the story himself and you go through that whole thing again so i'd say like yeah easily the first 20 25 minutes is hearing the the problem with the business six times or so and then the same thing with the fight that ensues they have like a vincent price and his business partner have a fight um while the building is on fire that the, his partner is, you know, set this fire and the fight does the same thing where like they, they, you know, come to fisticuffs and then one of them gets knocked down and then the one's about to leave or the business partner is about to leave. And then Vincent Price like gets up and drags them back in and they fight again. They just do it again. And it's like, what yep. new information am I getting from the second fight? Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, and, super and it's impressive fight scenes too, by the way, I don't mean to take yeah, anything yeah. away. Like I didn't expect uh, that, you know, level of intensity from, uh, Vincent Price in the fifties, but it was well done. It's just like no, it was like there's a point where they like fall three times. through a like a like a guardrail or a banister between the two levels of the floor. Uh, yeah. it, they're breaking set pieces. They actually like lit this place on fire. In fact, like, it was so yeah. bad. 
uh, that the fire department actually had to come and they barely got out before it collapsed. So like this was a super dangerous set. Like they didn't, they set the fire in like three strategic places thinking it would be safe. And then it (laughs) wasn't safe and it like collapsed. So like this was like actually an out of control fire to add a certain point, which is terrifying. Um, yeah, they would have been in a lot of trouble today. The thing that kind of drove me crazy is like, I, I, I think you're right that the fight scene was pretty impressive when you look at it as it's an artist and a wealthy banker type person. These aren't people that you would necessarily think are fighting. So it wasn't like super well choreographed fights like Jason Bourne stuff. But it was like, these are pretty good fights for, you know, 50 year old men who are just kind of scuffling in a building yeah. that's on fire. Like there's no real technique other than throwing punches and kind of shoving. Like it's not crazy but vincent price gets his ass kicked like three times by this like banker style dude who's like conservatively 15 years older than him and conservatively much like 30 pounds heavier than him but like fat like he's overweight and older vincent price should have been able to clock this guy but he gets his <laughs> ass kicked multiple times and i'm like okay he's not a very good fighter he's an artist that's fine but when he becomes the killer and we'll get to the end of the movie. But at the end of the movie, there's a point where he's running away from the cops. And he, like, single-handedly is, like, fighting, like, six cops who seem like they're in fairly good shape. Like, he becomes a significantly better fighter. And this is after he's, like, yeah, and this is after he's, like, survived this fire, which he pretends to be in a wheelchair. But he, the moment where he stands up, by the way, is pretty cool. I dug yeah. that. Like, we knew that who he was and everything, but still a nice reveal. Um, but, you know, he... He's not stronger than before he was in the fire, for sure. Yeah, it's not like a dark man. <laughs> Sick reference. Um, <laughs> I this was yeah. very reminiscent of Dark Man in my opinion, though. Like the like the, the costume, the guy being scarred, going out for revenge. Now he's t- he's the bad guy. It would be like this movie's almost as if like Dark Man was the bad guy. Yeah. This yeah, I liked um I liked this character, man. There's like a. There's some pathos there that he felt, you know, wronged and was uh, driven to succeed at any cost. The the only thing that I didn't buy, like I I buy that he went crazy after surviving a fire and being extremely disfigured, like his hands are all fucked up, his face is all fucked up, like he's horrific. He's, like his his uh, burned makeup is excellent. It's incredible. Like that's way better than I would expect to see in the 50s in terms of like prosthetics. But mm-hmm. he when he's going around killing people, he is himself. He's like incredibly scarred and disfigured, but about halfway through the movie, he like comes back to life. Like he presents himself as himself and just is like, yep, I survived the fire. I don't know how, but I just woke up one day and whatever. Um, Fuck. I forgot where I was going. He looks good when he like in his, uh, what ends up being a wax mask. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool. And like when they pulled it off oh, at the end. Yeah, that was good. really cool. Very cool. Yeah, I think there um, was a lot of really good things. And I think th- this was a huge like Warner Brothers movie like or Universal. Um, so this was a much bigger budget than a lot of his other movies like The Last Man on Earth, which was shot in Italy on like a shoestring budget. <laughs> so What was the budget for this? Do you know? I have no idea, but they fucking milked every penny of it. And it looked incredible for 1953. I, I was really impressed with this movie from beginning to end. The only thing that drove me crazy was there's no way this guy wasn't a suspect as soon as he opened his, uh, museum in the deaths. I was thinking about that a lot. Like, like he, he must've been declared dead. Yeah. You know, 
Um, but also, you know, it's, I don't know, it's 1953. Like, I don't know what the laws surrounding this stuff at that time was. I'm sure it was easier to get a bank loan, especially if you're an older white man. Yeah. So, well, so that was the, another, the, that was another question I had, by the way, like his second operation was, seems like it was pretty expensive. Like he had rented a building and had a whole, um, you know, Batman 89 esque Joker, uh, layer. Birth layer yeah you know what i'm talking about that looks like access yeah, chemicals yeah, but it's just in the he, basement he, of he his had like a place. giant like he had a tub he's of- complaining about not having money and i know he didn't get the insurance payout so i'm like how did you fund this operation and he's yeah, paying two makes, people it makes no sense because yeah he he has like a layer underneath the museum that's just has a giant vat of boiling wax that seems to be boiling 24 yeah, 7 and all these uh pipes and bunsen burners and shit levers that pulling it all through he had two henchmen a young uh charles One, bronson hell yeah who like i've never seen charles bronson without the facial hair that man has a fucking face yeah dude he's he's grizzled like he he doesn't have facial hair in uh magnificent seven either in the uh in the original one yeah you know i'm embarrassed to say i haven't seen the original one uh it's really good it's it's After definitely season, one of the better ones it. it's really good but I mean, uh, I know it's it's like a weird blind spot I have. Yeah, yeah i I had seen it several times with my dad, but didn't appreciate it until I was an adult and I watched it actually for this podcast like two years ago, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is a really fucking good movie." Uh, that's, but that's not true, actually. Of course, I've seen Charles Bronson without facial or like Death Wish and shit. He usually has a mustache, and I yeah, feel like when he has I've a mustache seen him, and Death Wish, he has um, like creases and wrinkles in his face that look like an extra like like facial hair like an extra thing i think what yeah. i mean is it's it's weird to see him young and like smooth faced yeah yeah for sure and he has no lines in this movie because he's a deaf mute but yeah. i think he did a good job but no he was great to to our point like we were talking about how there's no way that this guy wasn't a suspect so like you said he he was declared dead because we talk about how or we hear the banker guy named matthew realize that or he's like dating this woman who's like far younger and far too attractive for him. Who's clearly in it for the money. And he mentions that she like says it too. Yeah. She, she explicitly says it about another boyfriend later on, but she, yeah. she's like, like a, I almost didn't get this money because they never actually found a body, but eventually yeah. they, the legal system declared him dead and I got the money. So you're right. So that's hurdle one. He just comes back and there's nothing, but you have his business partner, dead his business partner's girlfriend dead the detective who was like investigating him dead like who was investigating the fire like all these people dead and then he uses he actually recreates the quote-unquote suicide he he killed his business partner and then made it look like a suicide by throwing his body down an elevator shaft attached to a rope to make it look like he hung himself but he recreates that scene in his museum and has the dead body hanging that's just covered in wax. Like, there's the no body that's way the cops missing from the morgue. From the morgue. And the yeah. only way that they can kind of justify it. Doesn't the cop they, say something along the lines that of that? He like, did ask for crime scene photos. I think the, the Which cop. Which is still super suspicious. Yeah, and I think the cop even says something like, oh, this guy's like got, you know, a detail that we even we missed or something. Yeah, so one of the. So, yeah, that detail they missed was um, Sue Allen, who's kind of she comes in about 30, 40 percent into this movie and she kind of becomes the protagonist of the movie. Um, This is the roommate of the girlfriend of the business partner. Correct. So we get introduced to her where the roommate 
or the business partner's girlfriend, like he's been dead for a couple of weeks. She's already moved on as dating some wealthy guy. And she's talking about like, oh, if I play this right, he'll give me money at the end of the night. I'll help you pay your rent. And I'm going to marry this guy because he's rich. Um, Is that how that works? Yeah. You just, you just give a girl how- money at the end of a date? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. But that's where it's okay we get it. If, it's okay if she's a prostitute. But like, Yeah, it's a little weird. No, but that's, You don't just give somebody money at the end of a date. Like, yeah, oh, this is a good date, sugar. Here's a here's, here's a, a peck, here's a peck on the cheek and a twenty. Don't spend it all in one place. Yeah, it's weird. But she's just like, I'll help you pay your rent, and then like their landlord. This is like the classic situation where it's a house that like a boarding house with that a woman, an older woman, would just rent a bunch of younger women bedrooms. No boys allowed. No boys allowed. Curfew. No uh, good behavior. So she's behind on her rent because. She doesn't have a job. I don't remember what the actual reason was, but that's our introduction to her. Well, she is supposed to go get the money from the friend. Like the landlady was like, Hey, where's, where's my fucking rent? I'm going to kick you out right now. She's like, Oh, so-and-so is going to give me, give me, her name was Kathy. She's like, Kathy's going to give me money. She's like, well, go get it. Cause Kathy's home goes up and she like catches, uh, his name is Jared, um, Vincent Price's character. Like in the act of killing Kathy, like he just finished killing her and yeah. This guy ends up pursuing her across New York. Is this New York? Yeah. I assume it's New York. Okay. He just like pursues her for a while. And then she just ends up at this guy's house. There's like nobody in the streets, right? Yeah. So she ends up at this guy's house, Scott, who this is our first introduction. She just goes to this guy and he ends up becoming like her boyfriend. And several weeks pass by. She's they're They're kind of boyfriend, girlfriend, right? No, I think he has a girlfriend. But he's like, she's the friend of the, of the girlfriend. Is she? Their relationship so the guy, was super weird. I couldn't figure I felt that like, out. I felt like she was friends with his girlfriend. And so the guy felt like um, he just needed to like take care of her. Yeah, but they were going to like all these, mu- the museum opening or the. I think that's just like it, a thing though. I don't know. I think that, I, you don't go I feel like unaccompanied the, I feel like the, with, back then, the, back then you didn't go to places with women that you weren't courting. Oh yeah, he like takes her to a burlesque, right? But yeah. I don't. But that wasn't that wasn't like a romantic thing. He was like, you know, you need to come out to a place like this and just unwind. I don't know. I think in 1953, didn't it, like men and women weren't really friends then. I don't know. I I couldn't figure out what the relationship is. But you're right. When she goes and knocks on the door and he answers, there is another woman there. Yeah, but and that's like definitely his wife. You or think his so? Girlfriend or whatever. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. I don't know. I I I wasn't clear what it is, but. Yeah. Then, like, we fast forward a couple weeks, this museum's open, and we get the big reveal that there are bodies there, and so there's already, like, three bodies. Some of the cops even go, doesn't this kind of look like that detective who went missing? And they're like, oh, he has facial hair, and it's like, really? And then uh, Sue Allen sees uh, Joan of Arc, and it's clearly her friend Kathy, and she's like, that looks exactly like Kathy, and Vincent Price is like, oh, yeah, I saw her picture in the newspaper, so I based the the Joan of Arc on her. And that's when she yeah. noticed, like, wait, she only has an earring in one ear, like her ear piercing in one ear. Why would you do that with the wax museum? Would you even be able to see that in a photo? And that's what causes the cops to start to look at it. But they're kind of like, you're crazy, lady. So this raises a question for me that I have for both movies. Mm-hmm. The, the conceit in both of these movies is that the killer is taking real bodies and, and covering using them, them in wax. 
and covering them in wax, using them as, you know, sort of a base, like, um, uh, I guess like sculptors will use like a styrofoam. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever, a base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then cover it with wax, blah, blah, blah. But these are people that are like already, they already have skin and like features and, and all this stuff. So like this dude covered this covered Kathy's body in wax and then recreated her skin and all the features of her skin on top of her skin. I see. Which I, I think would make her, which would make her like thicker too. I mean, not like, you know, a fat person, so but like I, the way I look at it. And I think the newer movie does a better job of illustrating this. Um, is that it's a very thin, like you just get it lower. Like, the wax is so hot that it kind of melts into the skin and fills the pores and everything. So you're really just smoothing it out. So it's a really thin layer of wax is the way but I think of it. That, I mean, listen, there's no right answer because it's a dumb idea, Yeah, which I thoroughly enjoyed in both movies, but like, realistically, this is stupid, but like, uh, just to, to argue with you, um, <laughs> in <laughs> the, in the remake, Jared Padalecki is like frozen in place. Yeah. Because the wax is so, well, I think they paralyzed. It's like him encased because they injected him in something. So I think he was but, paralyzed. Yeah, but like, and was, if the, you 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 may, the, be but he was still point. being held upright. If you're paralyzed, then you're like a rag doll. Unless it's like rigor mortis kind of paralyzation. But he wasn't in rigor mortis. He was alive when he got half his. That's face what I'm saying. Up. But like, you have to consider he was injected with something. Mm-hmm. So I would say two two things: either he's injected with something that paralyzes him in that position. And then also to kind of maybe prove my point a little bit is maybe that the wax got into the, because it was melted at such a high temperature, got into the pores, sure. got under the skin, melted, you know, fused to his musculature. I don't know. Made him so too then stiff like, Okay. So then like, if that's the case, do you think that, is he still painting these human wax figures? Or I does think, like, so he is the, still, I would say majority of these, figures were real or were actual wax figures but only the important ones were human because he right but i'm but i'm saying when you when he uh in either one of these movies when vincent or um jared by the way his name's vincent that's a nice little reference yeah in the new one um when they make a wax figure are they painting over the human that's been waxified like are they giving them um you know rosy cheeks and that kind of stuff i think a little bit yeah so maybe like some of their features kind of show through yeah, yeah, I think so. Right. But I want I want more explanation. That's what I need in my so, horror movies. I need everything. So essentially, to be what ends up happening, like I said, is she recognizes her friend. She doesn't buy the story that this is just a uh, reference photos. But the cops kind of like brush her off, like it isn't a thing. F- Vincent Price decides to befriend her friend, boyfriend, whatever the hell he is, Scott, and hire him as like a protege. And to do the sculpting because his hands are all fucked up and he can't do it. So the only reason the cops care is they just happen to see one of the uh, the henchmen had a criminal record. And it turns out, like, his record was just being a drunk and a thief. Like, <laughs> And they also, they also get him to rat out Vincent Price for this, like, murderous conspiracy just by dangling an alcohol drink in front of an alcohol drink for, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. And then the dude breaks. Yeah, he breaks immediately as, as a drunk. So then the yeah. cops... Are like, oh, yeah, they go, this is definitely an issue. They, uh, you know, independent of each other, the cops are on their way to the wax museum. Um, Sue was supposed to meet Scott. 
and he mentioned Scott mentions that Sue's coming and Vincent Price is kind of obsessed with her. He thinks she would be perfect for her, the uh, Marie Antoinette, Marie Antoinette to the point where he even like made a copy of her head just to be like, we see how perfect you would be as Marie Antoinette. So he sends Scott out to run an errand so that way he can have Sue by himself, which once again, like, what was his real plan there? He knew the the guy was going to be coming back. Could he really kill this woman, cover her in wax that quickly before this guy was going down the street just to get some flowers? So yeah. th- this is where, like, that kind of thing breaks down. So one of my notes that I thought was pretty funny was there, um, the when Sue shows up, you have Charles Bronson is like hiding in a row of heads. I like that part. And he goes and then they overpower. That's why her. he got the job, dude. Yeah. Because he had, had such like a, a strong creepy looking. Or a, cla- he yeah, looks like prominent, a sculpted prominent clay features. <laughs> yeah. So they quickly subdue her. Well, then Scott comes back and they, he's scuffling with, with uh, Charles Bronson. And my note was, I'm sorry. Young Charles Bronson is ripped as fuck. There's no way this guy takes him on. And he was going toe-to-toe with him for a little bit, and then Charles Bronson just turns it on and just fucks this guy up. And he was going to, like, kill yeah. him in the guillotine because uh, there's a guillotine. <laughs> they got functional guillotine in the wax museum that they used Wait, to it, cut off the head over and over again. It is and it isn't functional because it seems to just fire off at random times. Yeah, It's not a good guillotine, but a, gu- a guillotine <laughs> really is just a wood sheath with the blade that drops through it so it's like they didn't he didn't do a good but job locking the rope you have into to place activate so the fall. mechanism this one just like falls you know when the clock yeah. strikes i just two don't mi- think two minutes after. the deaf mute guy did a good job at tying it down so it wouldn't fall but like right yeah. as it's gonna kill the guy the six cops show up they take they quickly subdue charles bronson they go downstairs and vincent price who struggled to fight one overweight man at the beginning of the movie like handle six cops pretty easily until one just kind of shoves him and he to falls fair, into the bath of wax. If you're going to, if you have some time and you know that you're going to organize a criminal enterprise that relies upon you subduing and murdering people, I think you probably put in a little bit of work at the gym. This was Maybe he's to be doing some Krav Maga. I mean, you know, a matter of months, you, you can learn a couple spin kicks or something. I guess. That's the least of my concerns, honestly. One of the things uh, just to kind of, mm-hmm talk about how they had those weird kind of 3d moments like the paddle ball and the the carnival yeah. barker you talked about there's one that i thought was a little egregious where they're they're trying to bust into like the basement area where vincent price's lair is and instead of like ramming the door down they take like a fire poker or a spear from one of the uh the wax figures and they puncture the door so the camera's on the other side of the door and you yeah. see like the spear come through and it's like that is not what you would have done to bust out this door you wouldn't be poking holes in a door when you're trying to get down there and save well, two people yeah and like it's made to look like a big heavy like castle door or something yeah like it's made from like two inch thick wood and he just pokes it like it's made out of plywood which it is yeah with these it's like clearly spheres. a set decoration. Yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, the only thing that I thought was like, it kind of ends on like a really stupid joke where they're in like the police station and they're like, oh, ha, ha, we got everything figured out. And like, they're super cool about it. They're not like having PTSD at all. They're like joking about it. And literally they're like, like the cop gives her the like spare head that looks like her. Like, hey, just in case you ever need a spare. So weird. <laughs> they're like joking laughing. about it's, like, it. Dude, this is fucked up. It's yeah, not a laughing matter. My note about that part is that the fucking squares won. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the guy was murdering people and that's bad, but it's so weird to have the end of the movie be like, 
the the two cops, one of whom, by the way, the police lieutenant looks exactly like Richard Nixon, like a young Nixon. Yeah, he um, did. And then like just like this square, like vanilla ass dude and his girlfriend that's like uh, just super skittish. Yeah. Um, win the whole the whole thing. It's a, it a weird group to end on. Yeah, I agree. And like, I don't know what exactly my problem is with it. It just felt. It's. Um, it's. I think you're not satisfied. You right at the beginning of the movie, where it's just like there's certain things that are repeated. There's certain scenes that are just a little too long. It's like you said, this movie's only 88 minutes. It's not a long yeah. movie, and there's not a lot of plot. Like it's, it's a good 20 minutes of the house burning down, and then <laughs> it's like quickly like, oh, now the museum's open, and then it's just like really long scenes. Like there's. This could have been an episode of like the Twilight Zone, like an hour yeah. TV well, show easily. I feel like that's probably what it was. It was probably an idea that somebody had for, you know, an episode of TV for something much shorter. And then they were like, well, Vincent Price is involved and we can make it a movie and get a $5 million budget or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, can you expand it to 88 minutes? And they're like, yeah, I mean, if I have them talk about being business partners three times in a row, I think I can. <laughs> um. I know we got to move on soon. I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about um, the the sexism in the movie. And not that the yeah, movie's not bad. condoning it. The movie's not condoning yeah. it, to be clear. Like, the movie's commenting on it, which is cool. But it's uh, real on the nose and real prominent. It's particularly uh, this girl, Kathy, when she's having her first conversation with Sue and basically talking about being a gold digger. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just, uh, you know... It was a it was a, a rough it's, conversation, it, it <laughs> but also probably probably very. It, yeah, was that? I th- well, I was gonna say I think it's probably true of uh, of you know the young women at the time, but it leaves out a lot of like context why they might yeah, feel well, like that, mean, that has to be their option or something. Specifically, Kathy is set up to be the. Every kind of these slasher movies, there's always two, at least two girls. There's one that is promiscuous or whatever and kind of had it coming. Like even Psycho yeah. is kind of like that. Um, Big air quotes on kind of had it coming. Yeah, kind of had it coming. And then you had like the virtuous girl. And so in this, like Kathy set up like... The final girl. Yeah, the first interaction with her is she's kind of just like there with Matthew, the business partner. But then as soon as he mentions he has $25,000, she's like oh, we should go to Niagara Falls and get married as soon as she finds yeah. out he has money. And then mm-hmm. when we get to the next scene, like literally after he's killed, the next scene is her our introduction to Sue. And she's like, oh, yeah, he'd rather kill himself than marry me. <laughs> like she's so like she didn't care about this guy at all. And then yeah. like throughout the entire movie, the police, Scott, Vincent Price, they're always like, oh, these women, they overreact to everything. There's a line in the movie where um, a woman has committed suicide or looks like she's committed suicide. I can't remember who it was. And the guy goes, just like a woman. Yeah. Always has to well, get the, the last word. Then you also had like the, um, the women who were at the opening of the wax museum and like, they keep passing out and like, people are like, Oh, women have such like simple constitutions. Like it's 1953, I, but I think you're right yeah. that we, we would have been remiss not to talk about the blatant sexism in this, if, of 1953. But, I don't have a cogent argument for this, but I feel like the movie knows what it's doing. I don't think that that's just casual sexism that the movie's taking part in. I think they're doing it um, to comment on. I hope so. I th- I mean, 
again, I don't have an argument for it right now. I felt like bringing it up during the movie. I remember feeling like, oh, they're like um, they're kind of commenting on the sexism of the time. I hope so. But just looking at some of other like the other Vincent Price movies that I've seen, uh, including The Fly, the original The Fly and the other one, um, The Last Man on Earth. A lot of his movies are, have some very problematic things with women. Like the Fly literally has a hmm. son and or a father and and his like son talking about like how the mom doesn't really understand things. And you had the yeah. Last Man on Earth when he like literally chases that woman and like doesn't understand why she's bad, and he like grabs her right. and shakes her. I, yeah. Well, so that context, know. yeah, might be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go. That being said. I actually enjoyed this movie for what it's worth. I thought it was a little creepy no, had a good time a with little it. spooky for 1953. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I think um, my only complaints were some of the like uh, the things that took it took it me out of it that we talked about earlier, like just the yeah. wax and the carnival barker, super minor things. I think um, that's fair though, and and it ran a little slow and a little long, but I also think that's like. Uh, uh, of the time, yeah, it I didn't agree. take me out of it. It's a very like hangouty movie like yeah. i could go to the kitchen and make myself a little snack and not probably not gonna miss anything. anything yeah i had a good time with it though i was really yeah. i was really entertained it was a lot better than i thought it was gonna be yeah even though vincent price is a sexist prick yeah <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little joke tommy how's the peeping tommy how's the peeping tommy 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 so what have you been up to bud <laughs> um i'm glad you asked uh i've been <laughs> trying to watch more horror movies during october and not doing a great job of it but i watched um yeah the that was car. an ambitious plan you rem- I remember you saying you were going to do like one a day well you know back in 2014 when i was still in college you just said that we shouldn't let this run long and i'm like back in 2014 let me tell you a story it starts six years ago um in 2014 i made a uh uh not a promise. What do you call it? I made a little bet with myself to watch a movie a day and I kept it up until like September. Um, so that year I watched, you know, 200 something movies. Wow. Um, yeah, which is like really cool. I was in school and had a lot more free time. Um, but it's something that, you know, I like to challenge myself to every once in a while, not for a whole year. And I did it this month and I've been really bad about watching horror movies this whole year because the world is a horror movie. Like (laughs) I just, I mean, even honestly, even with our movies, um, the horror ones I've been putting off until Sunday or Monday. Yeah, uh, that's fair. It just feels, yeah, it feels like not the kind of escapism I want, you know? Yeah. Which bums me out, but it's also just like how I feel. So I have been trying to watch more horror movies during October and um, not as many as I've wanted to, but I've gotten around to some. What have you you got to? I watched The Car, which is pretty cool, which sort of, it feels like a precursor to Christine or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, very fun. I watched uh, Little Evil, which was kind of stupid. With is that uh, the Adam one with Scott. Adam Scott? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has like a kid that's the son of the devil, His stepson and it's like or just, whatever. It's like a it's like scary movie, but taking itself a little bit more seriously. Not like in a pretentious way, but like it's trying to be a horror comedy. But it's just like remember this from The Shining. Remember this from The Omen. Blah blah. blah. Uh, Fire in the Sky, which was kind of a kind of fun. Not great. Heard of that about one. Alien abductions. It's about alien abductions, and it's. It's kind of worth it just for the the like twenty minute abduction scene at the end. The alien okay. designs are really cool. Uh, Fast and Furious, Avengers, Endgame because you gotta. Uh, I watched Poltergeist <laughs> Two: The Other Side, which I was pleasantly surprised with. 
Um, not fantastic, but like pretty fun B movie follow up to fantastic poltergeist. Uh, I watched the Mac and me, um, episode of mystery science theater 3000, (laughs) which I can recommend. (laughs) That's fun. Mac, Mac and me gets half a star. The mystery science theater 3000 version of it gets four stars. Nice. Uh, and, and then the house of wax movies. Nice. Yeah. I've been, uh, not watching as many movies, but I, just been going deeper in my my hbo max thing and watching some tv shows because katrina's been working but i uh i've got Yo, one episode gonna, left of how, how let me, oh uh, i'm well, sorry uh, no. uh, are you <laughs> go no, ahead me, I'll, you? I'll, I'll, I'll you finish and I'll, I'll just start fresh yeah um no you just said hbo max and it reminded me I've, I've been watching the harley quinn show which is fucking awesome no harley quinn's great that was on my what have i been up to on our last episode um i watched that all that's in probably like why week. i started watching it yeah, yeah all two, it's, it's i watched great, all two seasons in a week I didn't realize that it was like an adult show. I thought it was a kid's show. No, it's that's what I was telling you. Like, it's you got to watch two or three because it really takes you a little bit to get into that universe because there's like consequences. Oh, no, like I, was, I was on. And, I was on board after the first like I was on there in the first episode. Nice. Um, but I generally I didn't re- realize that it's more like um, Rick and Morty than, uh, you know, Teen Titans. That's yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I did watch. I watched a Teen Titans movie, by the way. Oh, T Titans go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've been watching. Uh, I started uh, Raised by Wolves. I got one episode left. I'm probably gonna watch that later tonight. Um, cool. I'm on the. Fa- I actually, I think I talked about it the last episode. I'd only watched the first episode, but I yeah almost caught up. I watched the entirety of uh, Man Seeking Woman with uh, Jay Baruchel. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I started that when it first came out. Like I watched the first three episodes and then I moved and didn't have cable. But I was pleasantly surprised like every time i'd start to watch it and go oh this is problematic like the episode at the end would like flip and you would realize like all the problematic shit like the characters realized they were being like assholes and they get just better. like vincent price i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh what else did I, and i started schitt's creek again this will be my third Hell attempt yeah. at watching schitt's creek so i'm like oh, four man. episodes in it's i'm so liking good. it more this time i'm still not sold on people saying it's the greatest comedy on tv right now not at that, but I mean, I'm only four episodes. Yeah, in. I don't think it's fair to to put that expectation on it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic, and I think it's like one of my favorite TV shows ever. Um, and I was really like, it took me by surprise. And I think it's you know in the top fifty shows ever on TV. Oh, easily. Wow. We, uh, and, watching... you know, that's a, that's a big number, but it's it's yeah. fantastic. But we I think did, it's, um... it's rough to call it the best. The funniest show. We did TV. Beetlejuice for Ruin My Childhood last week. So seeing Catherine O'Hara, I'm like, maybe I'll fucking give this another shot because she's, she's so fucking incredible. Uh, yeah, but that's, so that's, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much everything. The only other did, thing would be like uh, Katrina and I have been watching like Anthony Bourdain before bed because we like to mm-hmm. do like a documentary, pseudo documentary like food show because it's a little bit more relaxing than like sure. a drama or whatever. Oh, and the boys, of course. And you picked the guy who killed himself. So that's a good, you know. Yeah, I totally to forgot about it for going until... Yeah, something else happened. Then I like, I read about it too. So I'm like, oh shit, Anthony Bourdain. We actually were watching it, and then uh, he was in like Beirut when like the terrorist attack happened in 2006. So that episode's all about that. We were gonna watch that one last night. We're like, yeah, we're not gonna watch that before bed. Nice, yeah, nice light stuff right before yeah. bed. Have you? Let's let's come back to the boys in one second. Have you watched um, Community? I've definitely asked. You oh, this. I've watched Community all the way through three times. I'm on maybe my sixth viewing now. I got so back good. into it. I mean, not back into it. I just, I'm watching it again it's because fantastic. it's fantastic. It's such a good show. And you know what? The fourth season is the Gaslight one, right? It's not that bad. 
It's not terrible. It's not as good as like the other seasons that Dan Harmon ran. But but it's not yeah, terrible. But it's, it's not much. It's it's not bad. It's like ninety five percent like what the other seasons are. Yeah, which like the other seasons are fantastic, and like especially yeah. I think three is my favorite season. Um, I'd say like bad, if man. all the other seasons are an A, that season's like an A minus. Like it's still an A. <laughs> yeah, and like uh, the the Yahoo season, I really enjoy, but it's also very much a shell of the former show. I agree. So like when you look when you think about that, having Donald Glover in season four um, is like yeah, this like still feels like the same thing. It feels a little bit different, but got most of the same elements. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Boys, watch. Did you finish it? Fucking yeah, I did. Dude, so goddamn good. It's so good, and I can't wait for season three. It's so... This season... I think this season might be better than the first season. Like, it I, was I, so good at commenting on what was going on. And there's a community exactly. link in there, too. Fat Neil yeah. was the uh, the white... Suprem- well, whatever. He's not a white supremacist, right? He's like um radical stormfrontist. Yeah, I agree. But He's yeah, I thought guy. I thought it was a fantastic commentary it was weird because so many other things that we've been watching that remind us of like the current political and pandemic climates where i'm like was, oh this sucks it was a little but rough like, this didn't i was just like this is so good because it clearly took a stance about what's going yeah. on and yeah. i really and it, appreciated that and i don't think i was just talking about how people watch uh, avengers we'd watch avengers endgame or star wars and how can you watch that and still be a fascist still be alt-right still be you know, right leaning in this political, like, how do you not put those things together? But that boys is like, we agree. Hold my beer. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's possible to watch this show and not be anti alt right. I agree. Um, I agree. Like, I can't see if there's any like right leaning people watch this and not feel uncomfortable and call and it out. feels they do such a good show. It almost feels like edutainment where it feels like they do such a good job yeah. of, uh, of laying out, you know, st- you know, Stormfront is the alt right, and they do such a good job of laying out how she manipulates the media and you know pays people with Arby's gift cards to make memes for her and all this stuff. Everything she's doing to manipulate the um, the culture mm-hmm. to uh, move the Overton window in her direction or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it feels like they're teaching a class on it. It's like, oh yeah, I I see how Trump and all these other fucking people are doing this now. Yep, it's insane. Or, I like, knew it, or it's just clear for other people. Yeah, it's it's no, it's insane. The so commentary sorry. was just <laughs> that's so pretentious. I I didn't yeah, mean to sound no, no, I don't think so. Like the 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 commentary on America today, using superheroes as an allegory yeah. for like government and big business, was like yeah. fucking insane. It was spot on. Like I I know a lot of people have complained that this season kind of meandered. Like it had so many subplots that didn't really react line up. Which there, I I disagree with that. I. I was able to track where this was going the entire time. I thought it was yeah. really well done. I all, liked all the storylines, even with like the church and I liked it all. I thought it was a fantastic season. I think they're also setting things up for future seasons. Cause they know, I know they have three and I think they got four too, didn't they? They, I mean, they had season three greenlit before this even like they announced that, uh, yeah. J- um, Jensen Ackles from supernatural yeah, yeah, yeah. was cast like before episode one even dropped to this season. So, yeah, I think they know they have season four too. I can't. They're, um, they're doing a, like a spinoff show too already. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I know somebody. I don't know her. I follow somebody on Twitter that is writing on. I think it's Erica Rosby. Nice. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll move on. But I just want to say the. Um, you know, we're talking about the. Social, socio, whatever, 
sociopolitical aspect of it, but just as far as character work, um, the shit that they drag uh, Billy Butcher through mm-hmm. in this season and Homelander too is so impressive and like it worked so well on both me. those actors, you know? Kiwis. Oh yeah, Anthony Starr is um, he's is fantastic. A guy, man. I've never he, seen him so in anything good. other he's, than this, and he's so good. I've, I'm fascinated by the way he uses his upper lip. Mm-hmm. And he like I don't you know not I don't mean this in um uh, in a in a negative way at all like he he has an interesting face you know and he he's so good at controlling his little twitches on his yeah. like, upper lip and his cheeks as homelander it's fucking terrifying No it's fantastic like he he's easily the best performance of the show easily Yeah and I'm they did such a good job at um basically cucking him right Yeah at the end of the season and spoilers spoiler warning i guess if you haven't watched it yet um skip ahead 20 30 seconds uh they did such a good job cucking him and seeing him like jerking off on on the top of the building at the end of the yeah, season was such a good was such a good cap and it's such a good way of uh saying like oh he's gonna fucking lose it yeah next season i can't you know? wait yeah, i can't i'm really wait. excited man yeah all right so all let's right. get into the second one i'll do the elevator pitch for this one so man house of wax it's 2005 we need new horror remakes. How, why not House of Wax? And what we're going to do... We're oh, doing an actual elevator pitch. Yeah. Hell yeah. But what we're going to do is we're going to make it sexy. All the CW stars. We're bringing them in. We got <laughs> Chad Michael Murray. We got Jerry Padalecki. Paris fucking Hilton. And Alicia Cush- Cuthbert. I love Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's pretty great. Uh, I'm sold. I'm the executive. Yeah. We're, right. we're in. So now... Your normal run of the mill, get on, go into like a ghost town, abandoned town, hick town, and you're getting, you know, you've got these killers and they actually turn their victims into wax. And dude, this house of wax literally is a house of wax. The entire town is made out of wax in this version. It is wax, like literally. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I thought this movie was going to be fucking terrible and I had a good time with it. I'm just going to say one it up of these- front. This is one of these rare movies that gets better as it goes. I agree. I, like it started out kind of like the, lame and shitty, but like it did a really the, good job with building tension and the like the environment. I like that we just watched the Friday the 13th remake because the first half of this movie feels like a stock teen slasher it remake. It felt like the the cold open of Friday the 13th. Like that 20 yeah, exactly. minute thing before. Yeah, it felt exactly like that. And then halfway through, it sort of becomes a different movie. It kind of, it goes from being a slasher to being like um, a, a gory thriller. You know, it's yeah, very like tense. I, and there's this like cat and mouse game throughout the whole, uh, what ends up being a fake city or town. Yeah. Um, and they really like leaned into, they sort of, they sprinkled, I don't want to discount them. They, they, dis, they, ugh, I don't want to discount them, but they set up, a, they planted a lot of seeds in the first half of the movie. Um, as far as like character development with the twins and all that stuff. And then you, but you kind of don't feel it until the second half of the movie. And the second half of the movie starts paying off all of this stuff and really diving into, um, these conjoined twins that became, you know, murderers. And the one that you think is the bad one is actually the less bad one and blah, blah, blah. And like, there's, um, there's a scene where he cuts through the door and then cuts through the wax figures of the conjoined twins. That was really fucking cool, man. Like, that's some heady... It's nothing, like, groundbreaking. It's just some cool, heady shit that you don't expect from a shitty teen slasher. There's a lot of little things, and this movie was panned. Like, this this was nominated for, like, all the Razzies. 
all of it. And like the performance weren't weren't the performances weren't necessarily good. Like I'm not gonna say the acting in this movie was good, but I'm also not expecting, you know You know who was really good in this movie? Huh. The the not disfigured brother. Bo? Yeah. They were Bo. played by the same good. actor. Right, right. But I'm saying yeah. that character he was Vincent good. was like very quiet. Yeah, yeah he was fantastic. But, he was a good villain, man. So like this movie starts and it's like nineteen seventy four and you just see like a mold of wax being filled and you just see two kid you see one kid sitting at a like in a high chair. You don't see his face and like the mom's talking about, Oh, you're such a good kid eating your cereal. Oh, you're such a good kid. Well behaved. Well behaved, yeah. And then um the dad brings in this like kid who's like kicking and screaming and he like <laughs> scratches the parents and he needs to be not only shackled to his high chair, but also duct taped after he's shackled. And well, listen, uh, duct tape is great for everything. You can make yeah, wallets out but of it. But you see this kid's like really like shaking and you see like his wrists are all fucked up and scarred and bleeding and everything. And then it like just kind of cuts to modern day. And like you said, it's, it's very generic, like teen drama. But what I appreciate about this, one of our biggest criticisms of, Friday the 13th was that there were so many characters, but there was no character development whatsoever. We didn't care. We didn't know who anybody was. They didn't have any personalities. Like they were all interchangeable, but in the, like a good 10 minute setup, we got a little bit about each character. We got, you know, um, what's her name? Carly, who's, uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Um, we find out she's got an internship in New York and her boyfriend is like on the fence cause they're from a small town and he doesn't know if he wants to go. Paris Hilton is potentially pregnant and she's like dating this guy who's like obsessed with his brand new truck. And like, while everybody else is hanging out, this guy's like fiddling with his truck. And then you've got the troublesome brother played by Chad Michael Murray. His name was Nick. And then there's another guy walking out around with a camera named Dalton. And I'm like, Oh, that's his character trait. <laughs> he's the guy with the camera, which was well, he's, he's the, he, yeah, he's like the fucked up like party pal. He's the yeah. doofus. And then you got and, Jared you know, Padalecki who set up to be like the country bumpkin. I'm a good dude, boyfriend kind of thing. Like you're thinking he's going to have the boyfriend. same path as he did in Friday the 13th. I keep, referring to Friday the 13th like that movie came out first even though it was four years after this one but we just happened to cover it first yeah well I mean it's good to refer to that because that movie is such a stock heartless uh you know modern postmodern slasher Mm -hmm. um that's just like a facsimile of you know it's what third fourth generation slasher at this point so it's such a facsimile of all the trope, all these well-worn tropes from eighties slashers. And then the nineties ones with scream and everything. And it's interesting to talk about this movie in relation to that, because this group, we talked about cabin in the woods, uh, in the Friday the 13th one, right? Very little. So cabin in the woods is, you know, if you haven't seen it, it is just, it's a, yes, fucking see it. It's a send up of modern horror. It's basically trying to do what scream did in the nineties. Um, but in sort of a different way, but it's just saying, Hey, these are all well-worn tropes. We know everything that's going to happen. Let's, let's do away with that and start doing some new stuff. I've talked a little bit too much about it already, but the movie's been out for 15 years, so I don't feel bad. Yeah, just fucking watch it. But the point, a big part of that, um, movie is setting up this group dynamic that is in almost every slasher with like very little, um, variants and, uh, Friday the 13th does it and this movie does it really well where you've got the uh, you know I'm doing big air quotes the party girl slash slut the jock guy who's also the token black guy um, the party animal guy 
and then the, the final girl and at well, hold on. The final girl and her wholesome boyfriend. That's it. That's the five. And then you can play with that a little bit. The bad boy is um, Chad Michael Murray, who's sort of the wild card here. And he ends up surviving with the final girl because he's basically an extension of her. Yeah, because they're twins. And that, that's the yeah. other dichotomy of this movie that I liked. is like the two people survive were twins and the two bad guys were twins. And they were opposite there and that's a, a cool thing that comes yeah cool yeah thing there's comes a good in twin the and a bad like, twin oh, there's some thought going into this and and what i really liked is they they obviously spent the most time developing the character nick and carly chad michael murray and and uh alicia cuthbert but like there's a scene pretty early on when this didn't pay off but like chad michael murray's character was like he's only kind of reluctantly there like he he's the bad guy. He got arrested. He's out on bail and he's just kind of hanging out because somebody needs to keep an eye on him and keep him out of trouble. But he, he's like complaining like, Oh, it's the cop's fault. It's your fault. You, you must've snitched on me. That's why I got caught. And she like calls him out like really quickly. Like you got cut from the football team. It was the coach's fault. You got arrested for this. It was the cop's fault. You got, you did this and it was so-and-so's fault. Like nothing's ever your fault. And it, it seemed real and it set up that dynamic. And he's like, Oh, well you're the good twin and I'm the evil twin. And I think, in a lesser movie. And it's weird because I honestly thought this was going to be so shitty because this movie was designed to try to kick off Paris Hilton's movie career. Like she was the first person <laughs> and they built the cast around her. They had yeah. everybody do screen tests with her to make sure that they were going to do well for her. And she's not the main character. Um, hey, by the way, she was fine in this movie. She wasn't terrible. I wouldn't say she was good, but like she wasn't bad. I said she was fine. No, yeah. she was fine. I didn't, didn't think about it one way or the other. No, That's all I, 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 I don't think she took away from the film at all, no. but you know, we get these little things about each character and then, you know, general plot where they, they're on their way to events. They're on their way to a football game. They, it's getting late. They decide to camp on the side of the road somewhere. You see a menacing person in a truck, but we don't see him. But, you know, it, it's the same thing in all these movies. There's a scary person from the small back, you know, back country thing that startles them. Um, I got something to say about that. But the only thing I didn't like about this movie is when they're camping there was like a good 15 minute scene of them like partying, which whatever, that's fine. But it's like all shot on like the handheld camera from the party, yeah. dude. I hated that. I made a note of that too. It that was so th- 2005 is six years after Blair Witch. And in uh, between, there's a whole trend of found footage movies. And it feels like this movie was like, well, we got to do something with that. And then also, I think that they were doing like a little uh, One Night in Paris reference. They're trying to have a little fun yeah, with Paris Hilton's sex Definitely. Thing. Yeah, I definitely think that's Which was shot on a camcorder with night vision. Yeah, because they do it a couple of different times with her. But essentially, you know, one of the guys, one of the cars gets uh, dismantled. So half the group, most of the group decides they're going to keep going on with the game. A fan belt belt gets cut. Yeah, so most of the crew decides, well, we're going to go to the game. And Carly and, fuck, I forgot the boyfriend's name. Jared Padalecki. While you're you're looking that up, let me note that uh, this is maybe 30 minutes into the movie. If that, maybe even like 20, 25. And there have been um, about five or six needle drops with modern, yeah, heavy. You had cool My music. Chemical Romance, Disturbed, uh, stuff like Deftones. that. Deftones. Deftones. Dry Kill Logic, I think. Yeah. So they there go. And uh, so th- Blake, no, not Blake. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to say Jared Padalecki because I can't. White Guy 3. Yeah. Uh, it's Wade. So the only thing that I didn't, the only other criticism I have of this movie, there's a point where Nick, the brother, the only other one, uh, for the most part, I liked this movie. Um, Nick, the brother, says something about like Wade is somebody who's pretending to be something he's not. That never paid off. Like there was never like 
any yeah. reason why there's animosity between it feels them. like they sacrificed his character development to get to the second half of the movie and the second correct. half is better than the first half so it's kind of okay but correct yeah, you're right. but one thing that fucking killed me that made me laugh so hard is they were like they were driving and it was just before they pull off the road um somebody like dalton who's like the party guy but he's also kind of like the nerd they're all making fun of throughout but he uh he comments on wade jared padalaki's haircut and then like one of them goes yeah did someone give him a he-man haircut i laughed so fucking hard like laughed really loud at that but this is where like you get into like your slasher film half the crew goes elsewhere are two who you would think would be the final girl i mean it is the final girl and her boyfriend go into the small town with this like country bumpkin guy i want to talk about that a little oh yeah talk about it go so i feel like this movie this movie is a weird example of what i want to talk about because i feel like it's sort of not even the, i don't want to say the best version i feel like it's trying to subvert this trope that hillbillies are murderers in horror movies mm-hmm. which is you know it's like texas chainsaw massacre or any of these uh remakes or facsimile movies from around this time um hills have eyes also where uh, a bunch of city kids yeah exactly a bunch of city kids go into the mountains and they get killed by murderous rednecks who are Mm -hmm. also racist and stuff and that's like such a well-worn trope and this movie tries to subvert it but it also sort of sits in it for a little bit kind of has its cake and eats it too yeah and i was watching this and i was like oh man like this is why the middle america this is why a lot of middle america hates people on the coasts yeah yeah I mean, New Yorkers, too. Like, this didn't... Speaking as a Californian, uh, this kind of shit didn't do us any favors. No. And, you know, I didn't pick up on it so much when I was a teenager watching this. But looking back on it, it it feels real rough. And Cabin in the Woods comments on this as well. Um, But, you know, this movie does do a pretty good job of kind of subverting that kind of thing. Even though the hillbillies do end up being murderers and stuff. But in the first half of the movie, uh, the the guy with the deer pit, which is also fantastic, by the way, uh, this pit of roadkill that uh, Elijah Cuthbert slides into, um, the hillbilly that's doing, I shouldn't have said hillbilly, the big air quotes hillbilly that is dragging all the roadkill over there um, is sort of more endearing than our city friends. Like they're kind of being dicks to him. And granted, like he's a little off putting, like he's got bad teeth and he's driving he's around in he's like holding his car full of gore. Yeah, and he and he definitely like leers at Elijah Cuthbert, um, which is not super cool. But he's like being very nice. Besides that, and he's driving them around, trying to help them to get their fan belt. He's being a gentleman. Besides that, yeah. Um, and they're just they're just sort of being dicks. Well, it's it's funny, and I this is one of the things I liked with Jared Padalecki's character. So they get to a point where they don't realize it but they're just outside of town they're like a hundred yards outside of town but the road's a little flooded and they're like just around the bend yeah and so they're like fuck this we're out and the guy's like dude i just need to put like adjust my suspension we can go across and they're like no fuck this and the guy's like fuck dude try to do something nice and this is what you do for me like he genuinely looks hurt yeah and And he's right yeah and so then they jared padalaki and and alicia cuthbert like hop across the rocks they get around literally the other side of the water and through the trees, they can see the town. And Jared Padalecki is like, fuck, now I feel like an asshole. Yeah. And I was like, that's great. So they go through the town. They can't find felt anybody. very hostily, too. Yeah. They can't find anybody. They're, they go to the gas station. No one's there. And they hear music from the church. They go into the church. 
and there's a funeral going on, and you see the priest just staring daggers, and we get to the twist later. There's nobody alive in the town except for the brothers. It's all wax figures. Anytime you see somebody walking around, anytime you see someone closing a window, it's like Kevin McAllister trying to keep the, the wet bandits <laughs> out. <laughs> except it's, it's the opposite. It's trying to lure people in. So the, they go in, and <laughs> they see a funeral, and then they go out, and he's like, fuck, now I feel like an asshole for the second time today. And then Bo comes out. And he's just like, dude, you're fucking with my like funeral. Like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we need this. And the it's a pretty good scene. Like, you you kind of feel endearing towards Bo. Like, he's like, oh, he's feeling some loss, but he's got to go and do like help these people who got stranded. And, this is why he's such a good villain, though. Yeah, and then I don't remember exactly what it was. Oh, he happens to look over at Carly and. Jared Padalecki is like, oh, there's another member of your fan club. Dalton still has a crush on you. Roadkill guy Such an asshole. looks like you. And then that's what she says. She goes, oh, now you've been an asshole three times a day because yeah. everything. So I really like that. And then yeah. they just do like all the things that you shouldn't do in a horror film. They go into the the house of wax, even though it's supposed to be closed. And this is this is another thing that um, f- feels like they're shitty city kids. So they're like, they're just walking around this town, like letting themselves into multiple places. Like yeah. I think three times in a row, like, Oh, we'll just go into this church. Oh, okay. We'll just go into this, how this, uh, the house of wax, you know, this like closed building and yep. look around and like touch shit. And then they do it again at Bo's auto body place when he's only 15 minutes late. And yeah. He's at a funeral. They can't wait 15 minutes and they yeah. just let themselves in. And he's like, and he puts like 20 bucks on the counter and takes the belt before Bo catches them. Yeah. He's like, oh, sorry. It's like, and I think Bo says it too. It's like, why are you just kind of letting yourself into wherever? Everything's unlocked. I think that's yeah. what he says. So, yeah. yeah. So they're, like you said, they're just little asshole people. And so, where we finally get like the twist, and this is, this is a good like 40, I didn't actually write down when the, uh, it started really turning into a horror film, but Bo, it's a midpoint. Yeah. So like Bo's like, through. hey, I, let me help you. Cause like the fan belt's like an inch too big. He's like, I, I can help you make this work. Like just wait, let me go get my tools. No, he says I, I have, I have 15 inch. He had, he needed 15, but he grabbed 16. Oh, he okay. says, I have 15. Yeah, inch but he house. convinces them to come back to the house. And at this point it's when it starts to become a horror film. So Jared Padalecki goes in the house. He has to use the restroom. Um, and then we see Vincent. This is the first time we see Vincent, the Bo's brother. And he got long hair. He's got the wax mask really creepy he like this this movie i mentioned friday the 13th i'm not into like gore really i can watch a documentary i can watch a surgery i can work on a cadaver it doesn't freak me out but for whatever reason gore in movies when it's like just gratuitous is awful this like was that right up that line where it's like this is escapism this is supposed to be spooky and everything like so like the first thing we really active violence we see is they use scissors and they cut his like achilles tendon and I was like, ooh, yeah. like, but it wasn't like, it didn't linger on it. And I thought it was like, this is really effective how they did that. Well, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. It doesn't feel like, like it's, you know, under the umbrella of horror, but it doesn't feel like what its contemporaries at this time felt like where it's borderline torture porn. This yeah. felt like a gory thriller. Yeah, I agree. And, and I felt like the, the, the way people died or were maimed or whatever felt fairly realistic. Felt like kind of gritty. Um, it felt you know, gritty. Were, like, it felt like limping with injuries and like yeah. bleeding and stuff. 
Well, and then it also um, didn't yeah. seem like it wasn't like Friday the Thirteenth, which I know Friday the Thirteenth is supposed to be famous for like the crazy, wild kills that like are, that aren't real realistic, and right. that are meant to be almost funny. Where this sort like it really just felt like the guys were trying to kill these people in the quickest, cleanest way possible, where they could you know manipulate yeah. their bodies so, like, for wax. There's a moment where. Um, Elijah Cuthbert is like in the sewer underneath the gas station and Chad Michael Murray, her twin brother um, approaches Bo and Bo and Chad Michael Murray are both standing right above Elijah Cuthbert. Who's like mate who gets free and sticks her finger through a grate and is trying to like get um, her brother's attention. Uh, and she's like behind behind Bo. And this part, this is kind of silly because she like turns her head away, which I don't really understand. I mean, I know they did it so she wouldn't see what Bo was about to do, but that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But it's a conceit. I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah, that's that's fine. But the part that's interesting to me is that Bo sort of bends down um pretending to tie his he shoe. Like puts his he puts his foot in front of the grate so that he can't see it and then he bends down to pretends to tie his shoe and like is talking over his shoulder at Chad Michael Murray and gets out a little pair of wire cutters and clips her finger off, which is like Sounds horrific and torture porny, but the way that they do it doesn't actually feel like no, that. No, it seems like there it feels was... it feels justified and it feels like something that this guy would actually do. Yeah, he and was just actually, trying to get her to not make herself noticeable. Yeah, and it weirdly doesn't feel um, gratuitous. No, I agree. <laughs> you know, like, she, she was sticking her finger out and, and that's what she would do in that moment because I think at that point her mouth was still Yeah, her uh, mouth glued was super shut. shut. So that feels like a thing that she would do and that feels like a way that he would... Uh, you know, punish her and get her to stop doing it. Yeah, I agree. I didn't and, think that was and it was line. scary. Yeah, so it was cool. at this point, traffic is really bad. So all the friends just decide there's no way we're going to make it to the football game. So they turn around and come back. And this, this part was a little weird. So they all pretty much get killed almost immediately. So um, there's like an explosion of violence in this in the middle of this movie right. that transforms it. There's like a there's like ten minutes, fifteen minutes where it's like a horror movie, and then it becomes a thriller for the yeah, rest of the so movie. The brother, the friends cut back, and the Dalton, the camera guy, party boy, and Nick, the brother, decide, well, we're gonna go into town and look for them. Blake and Paige, Paris Hilton, decide they're gonna stay back and have sex. And they're like, well, you know, Hell just yeah. in case they come back, whatever. It makes sense that they would somebody would yeah. stay there and some people will go. Sure, sure. And I actually really liked this scene. Uh, the brother and Dalton are driving and we find out that like the brother actually isn't as bad of a guy as we seem like that. We think he actually like covered for Dalton. Like he was in jail because he stole Dalton a car, stole but it turns car. out Dalton yeah. actually stole it. And he's a good friend and like covered for him because he already had. And this record. is like. This is like another layer of this interesting twins thing that they're doing where there's like yeah. a good twin and an evil twin. But the twin that you think is the evil one is actually the good one. And maybe the evil one in the the, nor- the city kid relationship is not such a bad guy. Right. So they come into town and separate. So like Dalton pretty much immediately goes into the uh, the house of wax and he sees Jared Padalecki at this point. Like he got his tendon clipped. We see a, a scene where like they're cleaning up his wounds and stitching him shut so that way he can be a really nice figure um and this part was like i think was probably the grossest part but also like still was kind of a cool scene like i didn't i get why they did it but dalton immediately recognizes like dude that's fucking jared padalaki i'm gonna go save my friend and so he like touches his face and like he tries to like he realizes there's wax he tries to pull it and he starts pulling his cheek off 
and like you see the guy's eyes moving and everything you're like holy shit this is insane um and he just keeps going i'm like why are you still he keeps on going stop like, now granted, you see that it's flush i now to be fair I am one of those people that if I have like a hangnail or like a blister and I, yeah, yeah. it peels, I keep going until it starts to bleed. So I guess I'm this not guy, the best judge. This guy is the dumbest member of the group and he's panicked. Yeah. So he just keeps peeling his well, friend's face. I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it slide. But yeah, I was but like, then, like, what are you doing, had man? Vincent show up right as he's doing that. And he like Dalton turns and sees Vincent, this big, scary mask wearing hillbilly guy. And so he ducks and then like the knife comes down and you just see him like fillet Jared Padalecki's eyes and he's like paralyzed or whatever, except for his eyes. So you just see his eyes darting back and forth. I thought that was a really yeah. effective and even like the preparation scene, like they wax Jared Padalecki's entire body and then they yeah. go and cover it. Like it was a creepy scene and it like, it could have easily gone to Hostel or like the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it was like gruesome for the sake of being gruesome. But I don't think it was like it. It towed that line. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, you know, where the where the torture porn movies might be ghastly and uncomfortable, which is fine if you enjoy that. But this movie did not go quite that far. No. It was just like it's creepy, but I, in kind of a still fun way. Watching this felt like what I was expecting with Friday the 13th. Like Friday the 13th, I've always been told is supposed to be kind of fun. Like it's creepy and spooky, but it's kind of fun with the kills. Like I yeah. found myself kind of shouting, ah, ah, like with some of these kills, <laughs> yeah. but like in a good way, like, kind of laughing. Yeah. I, they, you know, the, they're set pieces. Yeah. And I they agree. did a good job of, of doing them, so executing them. They go through, I'm just going to the rapid fire of the rest of the kills. So um, Blake and Paige are having, are about to have sex. We see Paris Hilton do a sexy little strip. And then she decides now is the time to talk about really her pre- possible pregnancy and yeah. their music cuts out. And Blake's like, no, we can talk to me. Let me go get the music. And he gets killed off screen. Like, it's like, she's just like, where did he go? And then she goes out and there's a knife in his neck. Well, she goes, she goes to bed and then she hears something, I think. Yeah. And so he goes oh, like out. Vincent comes into the thing. Yeah. yeah. So she goes out and she sees the knife in the, her boyfriend's neck. She runs through and we, she finds the abandoned sugar factory. And you just see dozens of cars and you see, you know, hundreds of suitcases and backpacks and dozens of cell phones and everything. And so it's like clearly oh, they've been, been doing this. this for a while. And she gets impaled by like a broken pipe and everything. So now he throws. He throws it as a javelin through, through her head. two windows in a car and then hits I know her. we just said that like these kills are more realistic. Except that for one that seems one. Silly. But I think they did it knowing that people were going to see this to go see Paris Hilton get killed. Yeah. I mean, movie like this, you get one of those. Yeah. So at this point, we're now down to the final two. It's just the brother and the sister. And they're walking around the town. And she's like, oh, I remember seeing somebody close a curtain. So they go to that house. And then you just see it's like on a nomadic thing. This woman is on yeah. a timer. And they realize what's really going on. And then you mentioned the cat and mouse kind of thing. So they, yeah. they're they walking around. They try to get the phones. They can't get any phones to work. So they go to a hunting store. And she's like, don't break the window. Like, the guy's going to know where we are. And at this point, they don't know that there's two people. They just know yeah. about Vincent. Or Bo. Bo. And, and well, at this yeah. point, we see there's a certain point when he walks away. Like, it lingers on his wrist for a little bit. But then you see the scars on his wrist. And you realize he's the bad child and that the one in the mask is the good child. You said you haven't seen this, right? No, I hadn't. No. So I've seen it. So I knew what the twist was and I was like fun to relive it, but I knew it was going to happen. Was it obvious to you that there were another set of twins? 
that like yeah. that Vincent was a a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I, f- I figured that. Well, you also saw throughout the several times you saw the the high chairs that said Vincent and Bo. So you yeah. knew. I mean, the, I guess they show Vincent at that point. But yeah, like you saw him. So like, felt, there's a point where you think maybe he's putting on a mask and a wig, but I I figured there was two brothers and everything yeah. but you think i you kind of think that bow might be the good brother and he's trying to like rein in his bad brother but then you see the scar yeah, exactly. first and you realize oh no he's the bad guy he's the brains of this operation um, was that when you realized that yeah yeah when i saw the scars I, I i knew he was in on it but i thought you know to what level is he in on it but then as soon as i saw the scars yeah. i'm like no he's he's the fucked up one so yeah, I, he's like I, manipulating his brother. yeah so they um yeah go to the hunting store they break the window and immediately Bo knows where they are shot shooting at them so then they go and hide in a movie theater and there's just a bunch of bodies and they lure Bo this in there a good scene it was a great scene it was really effective Bo can't really see so he's yeah, like counting tense. he's trying to like remember like how many people did I put in each row and he's like counting yeah. each row trying to figure it out and then they shoot him once in, in the case- arm with a crossbow in case it's not clear, by the way, I know there's like an audio format, so maybe it's, it's not totally clear. This is an entire town that these two brothers have populated with wax figurines. Like hundreds of people. Hundreds of people that are dead people inside that are just tourists that they've pulled off the interstate. Yeah. So they That's end a up, pretty cool idea. It, it I is. So they go through, they shoot him with a crossbow, oh, they trap is, him, they sorry. trick him. Oh, go ahead. This, this is the point where... Um, at the they're at the theater and they see like a sign that says town of wax instead of just house of wax yeah. and they're like oh shit yeah it's not it's not an attraction in the town the town is the attraction yeah and the, the the house of wax is just the center of it yeah so they run out of the theater after shooting him with a crossbow in the arm and then they kind of wait and as soon as the bow comes out shoots him in the chest with the crossbow they should have confirmed the kill they didn't whatever yeah. um but they're they're just she takes the gun and just like she takes the gun away from him and, and is like throws it right, I'll, I'll just I'll just put it over here so he's yeah. out of his his hand hopefully but he doesn't point, stand up it's just a cat and mouse game throughout the like the the city they end up in these tunnels they're trying to get out of the town and it's dark so the brother is like flicking switches so then the guy realized oh they must be in the tunnel because that's where our circuit board is and right. <laughs> Then it becomes like you're the last 20 minutes of any slasher movie. They're running around. They're trying to get rid of both of them. They, but dude, the last, the last 20 minutes, we're talking about set pieces. The last 20 minutes of this movie all takes place original. in the house of wax, which is literally made out of wax. And they start a fire in the basement. So the entire house starts melting into yeah, the ground. And so they're like trying it's to fight awesome. these two killers as the entire house is crumbling around them. And like you said, mm-hmm. you said it at the very beginning, but there's a point where they realize that they're brothers, the killers are brothers. And based off, I don't remember exact. I don't know how Carly knew, but she's like, oh, Bo must have manipulated you. You don't want to do this. Because she heard him like talking about how the mother wants them to do this. And she's like, Bo is manipulating yeah. you. Like, you don't want to do this. Don't kill me. Um, and then she goes and hides in a room and barricades it. And you mentioned like the whole, everything is made of wax, the doors, everything. So he like slices through the floors. Yeah. He slices through this yeah. door. And then she blocked the door with a crib that had conjoined twins. We find out that they were conjoined twins and one, when they separated them, one of them got fucked up and that's the one yeah. that's wearing the mask. And so like you said, she, he cuts through this door and then she blocked it with the babies and like it cuts down the middle and disconnects those babies. And yeah, through you know they end up killing both of them the house collapses they get out 
uh, we see all the cops. The cops like, we had no idea anyone was in this town. We just happened to see the smoke. And then we find out there was a third brother. And it was clearly the the roadkill guy. And I kind of appreciate it. We drive by him and he kind of smiles. He's sitting with, well, he has the dog that Vincent had with him. Yeah. Throughout the movie. The the family dog. The family dog. And what I initially, I was like, that's a stupid twist. But it did bother me the whole movie. It's like, well, the guy said he'd been there. It had been a while, but he'd been there. There's no way he wouldn't have known that this town was like that. And I kind of forgot about it because he was gone for so long. It's like, oh, it's probably just a plot hole. And then it comes back. I'm like, you know what? They're just wrapping up loose ends. So I kind of appreciated it. No, I, I kind of dug it. And I like I like when movie when uh horror movies like end on a on a, a blue note like that. Yeah. Um also, I I would have totally gone to see the sequel Town of Wax, which should have been a thing. Honestly, like I would have watched another one. This movie was good. And I, and I think and I th- yeah, I mean, not good, was, but it was, it was a fun it was, movie. It was fun. Yeah. It had good ideas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it felt like they were kind of setting up for a second one and then it flopped and yeah. they were like, now we're not doing that. I'd like to speak to one of the producers and see if that was an idea. Yeah. Um, but was. when they pulled up, when they, when they pulled away that, that sign that said town of wax and there's that reveal that the whole town was an attraction. I was like, yeah, dude, this is, I want to see a sequel called town of wax. And I want to, I don't know how they would do it because the two brothers are dead, but I want to see them expand the scope of this. Yeah. Thing, you know, and I, then maybe a third one. That's I think like this state of wax is exactly what a, a remake should be. Like you have the general conceit that there's so, a killer staging people as wax figures in a wax museum, but it went a different route. Like it just kind of took the loose idea and just ran a different direction. As I was watching this, I I was thinking this isn't really a remake, it's a reimagining. Yeah. Cuz it's not it, it like you said, it takes the it takes a part of the of the general conceit of the movie. And does does something completely different yeah. with it, and it's like related in a couple of ways, but it's not like telling the same story. It's definitely not telling the same story. It's not really telling. Uh, it's not interpreting the themes in a new way yeah. or anything like that. It's just like killer does stuff, uh, puts and, bodies. And in, there were in a wax. lot of nods, like you pointed out. The one of the brothers being yeah. named Vincent after Vincent Price. Uh, also, the fact that she tries to like, you're the artist. You're the one who's good at this. This guy, he needs you to be able to do this kind of thing. Like I liked about talking yeah. about the art. He's the businessman. You're the artist, kind of thing. Like the brother, the brother's disfigured. Like yeah. uh, Vincent Price was after. Has the wax mask. Um, but yeah, yeah, generally, like this was a much better movie than I thought. Like I went in with very low expectations, and I I had a really good time watching this. This movie felt to me like a a fun original take on reimagining this, uh, reimagining the original movie that studios had a big hand in. And they're like, Hey, we need you to make this feel you know more like this? have eyes. Uh, Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis and Susan Downey. Yeah. Um, it feels like there was some studio influence saying, Hey, we need to sell this to the, uh, you know, the remake crowd yeah. to young teenagers that want to do this. And that's why I think that's why the first half of it feels like a slash. I agree. I, I th- I felt like I felt like it was weird to reimagine it as a slasher and it kind it ends up working towards the end but um the first half of this movie I think drags down I think could you could you could easily edit overall. about 10 minutes out of this movie make it a little tighter and it would I think it would go for him like I know this movie got bad reviews and everything but I thoroughly enjoyed this like I give it like a B in terms of like overall movie because of how much I enjoyed it and like the unique ideas. But I think with some clean editing, I think this could have easily gone into like a, a minus territory. I also think this movie came out in 2005. I think it came out 
if it comes out five years later, it gets a direct to video sequel easily. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just fell in a weird area I agree. where it was easier to forget about. Yeah, but I was very impressed with this. I think it set up a lot of good ideas. There were some things to think about, and I, I actually really recommend people watch this movie just for fun. It's a fun movie. I think. But uh, yeah, I had a blast going through wanna, news. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. You can cut this out. I want to see if the director did anything else interesting. Okay, so here's another interesting thing. The director of this movie, um, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Yaume. It's spelled J-A-U-M-E, Colette Sarah. Also did um, Nonstop in the Commuter with Liam Neeson, <laughs> which good for him. He probably he, he got fucking paid. Uh, and then he also did Orphan and The Shallows, oh. which cult, cult classic modern horror movies. Uh, I was run all night, which I think is another another um, Liam Neeson movie. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Uh, he did ju- he did Jungle Cruise with The Rock, oh. and he's doing Black Adam with The Rock. Interesting. That's a pretty diverse kind of so portfolio. My dude's working. Yeah, good for him. He also this also feels like the uh, the filmography of um, a journeyman director. Yeah. who is good at good at a couple things, but you know will take. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to make that sound shitty. I'm saying that the wrong way. He's a jack of all trades, yeah. And studios look at him to get a thing done because they know that he can do a certain thing well. But you know, it's not an auteur. He's not going out there and saying, "Oh, you know, I want to make." Uh, he's not better, Christopher you know. Nolan, but he's he's a yeah, or Kubrick or whatever. Yeah, he's a he's proficient at making films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Billy Ray or something. Yeah, he's solid. Um, but I'm I'm glad this dude's getting paid because I think there's a lot of good ideas. Yeah, in this I movie. thought so too. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the news now. M- movie news. So yeah. really quick, we're going to go through the news really fast. It's all just delays. Uh, Dune got pushed to October of next year. Batman's back. I finally watched that trailer. Oh, good, huh? Yeah, I was underwhelmed. Yeah. See, I, I it's fine. I'll, I be, I'll be there to see. It. it looks beautiful. Yeah, but uh, Dune I mean, got pushed seen, to October. Batman's filming again, but it also got pushed a year. So oh, is Pattinson okay? Yeah, he's fine. He's back on set. Okay. There were set photos of him that came out today. We also saw our first look at Selena Kyle um, as well. But it, that's that's pretty much it. There's nothing else really going on in the news. Donald Just Trump delays. got coronavirus. Thank God. Oh, it's not I mean, news. we knew it was going to happen. Yep. So that's it. Give 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 us your plugs, bud. Uh, I'm on Instagram at dyslexic d y s Alex I C. Um, I am still doing pre-orders for my Final Girl T-shirts. Woo! If you want to get in on that. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Polishi, just my last name. And if you want to follow along with the movies that I'm watching, I'm on Letterboxd at Polishi. Excellent. Yeah, he's got some great shirts, some great pins. Check them out. They're very good quality ones. Uh, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no, they're really good. I, I've talked about them before. They're very soft. They're very, very soft. I, any t- I We're going to be doing laundry later tonight, and I guarantee the uh, social distance social club uh, shirt that I have is going to be what I pull out of there tonight. So. It's, Hell yeah. I got a few comfy. more of those too. Super comfy. Uh, you guys can check out everything that's MDX Pods related at mdxpods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at mdxpods. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash mdxpods. Check out our other podcast, Ruin My Childhood, with me and my wife, uh, Katrina, as hosts. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Yep. See you next time.